Welcome to the exciting rebirth of Superstar featuring choose your membership rate as low as just $3 a month. At Superstar, you get expanded exclusive video scopes each and every week, unlimited access to special horoscopes, class passes for Synchronicity University, consultations with me, and so much more. All of this in the Superstar space. I look forward to meeting you there. Fabulous friends, fans, and superstars, welcome to your horoscope for the week of August 14, 2022. I am your astrologer, Nadia Shaw. Thank you for being here. It is a remarkable astrological week, without a doubt. Big moves happening in the sky now. And so much of this week is about understanding ourselves on a heart level and understanding how we want to take what we feel on a heart level and use that as part of understanding ourselves more, but also how other people help facilitate that understanding as well. It is quite a remarkable sky. I mean, we start the week with two big celestial connections playing out that I think are both so important. On the one hand, we have the sun standing across the sky from Saturn. On the same day, we have got Mars speaking in supreme harmony with Pluto. This is right out of the gate on Sunday. With the sun in the sign of Leo, its home sign of Leo, there is that focus on heart. But Saturn asks us to get honest. Saturn opposite the sun can bring with it a moment of genuine humility, a reality check moment, perhaps. A moment where maybe we're being hard on ourselves as well. And so it's going to be up to us to decide whether what we are feeling and what we're telling ourselves is actually rooted in healthy self-value. And I think the healthy self-value and the potential of it is there. What we have on the same day with Mars trine Pluto, well, this is one of my most favorite energies because this to me is all about self-knowledge granting us tremendous power. It is about understanding how to best use our power and recognizing where we don't have power. But truly, this is the ability to be a force of positive transformation in our own lives and in the lives of others as well. As I thought of this sky and the energy playing out, especially that Leo sun opposite Saturn, I was thinking about a wonderful creator that I've discovered. Actually, I've been watching her for a few months now. She's been growing so much. She's not an astrologer at all, uh, just a brilliant creator. And her name is Kidology. And I will link to the video that I'm referring to below. And so if you've watched creators online, you know that sometimes we'll create videos like this one. And then sometimes we'll do live streams as well. Some are more inclined to live streams than others. So she does these short 20, 30 minute video essays, but then she'll also do these live streams that will go on for over three hours. And so she recently did this live stream that was all about modern dating because she's really into examining and looking at modern culture philosophically and otherwise. And there was a moment in this uh, live stream that she did. And what happened was one of the people watching the live stream sent her a super chat. And so what a super chat is, is when a creator you like is doing a live stream, you might want to send them some money. 
And when you send them that money, you can actually write something and it tends to get their attention a little bit more, uh, partly because it ends up being brightly colored in the chat box. Um, but also that is one of the things and how creators sort of uh, might create income for themselves is having those live streams can be profitable uh, depending on the creator. There was somebody who sent her a super chat. And in this super chat, um, the person asked something and it was quite cheeky. Like, let's put it that way. Um, essentially what it came down to, this person said, why would anybody get married if Instagram girls are just giving it away on Instagram? Like, that's essentially what this person said. And Kidology gave this incredible 25 minute reply that was philosophical and introspective and intellectual and respectful. And it just gave me a whole new level of respect for her. I'll tell you, I absolutely loved that reply. And as she was quoting different philosophers and, and giving this question and, and answering this question with respect, which was quite incredible to watch her to do, what was amazing is that her answer really came down to one thing. And that is something that philosophers have been exploring. Really, we can go all the way back to Plato and Socrates. And what this is, is connection. We as human beings have a genuine need to feel connected to each other. And it is a feeling of isolation that can truly be a, a sense of uh, a burden on the soul, on the heart. Now, when I talk about connection, it doesn't have to be romantic connection necessarily. I think that we as human beings have a profound need to know another person and to feel known by another to feel as if we can truly be ourselves, we can be vulnerable, we can be emotionally bare and still be accepted, still be respected. And we have a need to give that to others as well. Now, some people might find that in romantic relationships. There's this whole other layer of intimacy that happens when it isn't just emotional, but there's also that component of being physically bare to another person as well. That can reach a very deep part of our psyche and our unconscious. But that doesn't mean that that piece of it is necessary. I think about how so many people, in particular, I'm thinking of Scott M. Peck, one of my most favorite uh, 1980s and 90s self-help writers, and I remember going through a phase where I read so many of his books. He wrote the book, The Road Less Traveled. I must have read that book so many times back in the day. And essentially, Scott M. Peck talked about how addiction is in part a desire to commune. It is a desire to know the deep and profound connection we felt when we were in the womb of our biological mom. And it is the search for that bliss that might and could, when not addressed in other ways, in healthy ways, can lend itself to addictive behaviors. 
And so what are healthy ways that we can actually find that bliss that we seek so dearly? Well, one is cultivating a spiritual practice, this we know. But it's also by being somebody that cultivates trust in others and having people that we feel we can trust enough to truly feel a connection, an authentic connection, not rooted in performance, not rooted in just one face that we may show, but to know that there are people in our lives that we can really share with, those things that we may not share with everybody else. And to know that it's okay is a profoundly healing thing. It is what keeps us searching for connection again and again. But it's whom we search for connection with that is key here. Because sometimes, and it does happen, especially if you grow up in an environment where you may not necessarily have seen really healthy relationship dynamics, our first instincts may be to seek it with people where that trust cannot be there. We don't really trust them. They haven't earned that trust. Their behavior demonstrates that they are not trustworthy. They don't hold what it is that we are sharing with them in reverence. And so part of the lesson is to learn to be more discerning. But the thing is, we don't want to become guarded either. To stay open and vulnerable enough to let people in while still being able to be discerning. Well, this is something that we are learning as we move through life. However, I'm thinking also about uh, Freud. Now, Freud's ideas really uh, lately have been coming across sort of synchronistically, a lot of the challenges and debunking of a lot of Freudian ideas. And I get it totally. Some of the things he said were, you know, really out there, really wacky. And that's okay. You know, that was where we were in terms of our human understanding of the psyche. We're now in a different place. But some of the ideas that he expressed, I still feel are so um, insightful and can help us today, or at least can be a good starting point that we can further learn about ourselves from. And so, of course, one of the most famous things that Freud said, right, is that everything we do is out of libido. Basically, everything we do, we do it because on some unconscious level, we think it's going to get us laid. That's really what he said. That's really what it came down to. He believed. And uh, Carl Jung, who was his student, said that what you are calling libido is actually a desire to commune with the divine. We are seeking connection. And so that was one point of contention between the two of them, among others as well. Now, interestingly, later on in Freud's career, towards the end of his life and towards the end of his career, he said that it wasn't just the libido urge, but he identified a contradicting urge that he called the self-destruct urge that human beings have as well. And so these two urges are constantly playing out. Um, and so he had some interesting ideas, right? <laughs> And he continued to stay curious and cultivate them and share them throughout his life. And of course, like I said, we understand the psyche with so much more depth and nuance as well. And we understand that different people are oriented differently. There are some people who may never really be thinking about or care about spiritual connection. 
And that really is okay. Some people may not really understand what it means to cultivate faith, faith in yourself, faith in your future, and to live it, or even to have the intention to try and live faith in a kind and loving universe. And that's okay as well. Freud said that we have to accept as people the cruelty of fate, that fate can be random. And it is only when we accept the cruelty of fate that we're able to grow psychologically, that we're able to truly become adults. But of course, I don't think that's really part of human nature. It is part of human nature to search for meaning, to take whatever it is that happens to us and try to find a way to connect it to something that in some way can make us better. There is something within us that desires to make sense of times that are challenging, experiences that can be difficult, emotions that can feel overwhelming. With the sun in a heart-oriented part of the sky, standing across the sky from Saturn, I do think that there are going to be some of us who feel this sense of emotional heaviness at the very beginning of the week. For some, it's going to be evaluating the past, the disappointments, the regrets, the what-ifs. And for some, it's going to go way back. Remember, the sign of Leo not only has to do with the heart, but it has to do with childlike wonder, childlike play, which is why the house associated with the sign of Leo, the fifth house, is the house of one's children. It tells us something about, uh, well, look, the ancients used techniques that said how many kids you might have, um, what they might be like, and so on. If you're so inclined to learn those ancient techniques, you might be able to glimpse something. But I think that we are now modern people. And so we bring forward these energies in ways that can be archetypal, that can be metaphorical. And thankfully, we have a lot more freedom to decide and to choose. And so this opposition, I feel, is something that a lot of us are going to be feeling, whether we're looking at our childhoods, we're looking at the love of the past, the love we gave, the love that we received, whether we're looking at what it is we really want in our heart of hearts, what we think is going to make us happy, and what we haven't allowed ourselves to truly pursue, the regret of what we didn't pursue, but also where it is that perhaps we might need to find a depth of acceptance that whatever it was we decided to pursue was what was meant to be. And that's it. Years ago, when my dad, which who you saw recently on my YouTube channel, thank you for all the love that you gave to that video. It really meant a lot to me. I tell you, I saved a lot of those comments that you guys made. It just reached my heart. So thank you for that. Um, I, I made a little short with my dad and when my dad had his second Saturn return, so again, this was years ago, but in his second Saturn return, I remember my mom saying to me at the time, this was around the time of my first Saturn return, and she was telling me that my father was having a tough time of it. And so he was going through a depression at the time. And I remember her saying to me, it isn't because of the things that didn't work in life 
It's because of the things that he didn't try. And I remember her at the time saying to me how important it was that I try whatever it is I want to do, whatever that might end up being. It doesn't even matter what it is as long as I try. And so she was like, I will never stop you from doing whatever it is that you feel you want to do. Because if you try, then at least you can be at peace with whatever it is that happens. How at peace can you be now with what it is that you tried or didn't try or didn't work? Because ultimately, with his second Saturn return on the other side of it, he had to walk that journey to make peace with it. And he did, as you heard in that video that I shared with him. And so here we are. We're starting the week with this energy that can feel consequential, but also deeply honest. It is awareness of what we really want and what our hearts want. But here's the thing, the fact that simultaneously we're having this really beautiful energy of Mars trying Pluto, I think is incredibly insightful. I think that this is just something that is a standout, incredible omen. Now, Mars trines Pluto once a year. And so here we are. We are at this very important moment with Mars in the late degrees of the sign of Taurus. And any time that Mars trines Pluto, I feel like this is an easy embrace of the various aspects of the serenity affirmation. So the serenity affirmation is grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. So those are three points of power. It's a trinity, if you will. And Mars, as a general principle, I feel encapsulates our understanding and our ability to engage this sacred understanding of the serenity affirmation. When Mars trines Pluto, we not only see where it is we have power and are willing to take action where we have power, but we're able to that much more easily feel the blessing of the wisdom to know the difference. The peace that comes and the ease that comes from surrendering the things we have no power over. That is part of the promise of Mars trine Pluto. Now, this time that Mars and Pluto are trine, they are in Earth signs. And interestingly, next year when they trine, it's going to be right around the same time next year. Again, they will be in Earth signs as well. And what that tells me is that this is about how our lives in a practical sense are different or better in some way. How we notice tangible rewards for incorporating the serenity affirmation, for understanding the serenity affirmation. How we're able to demonstrate that we understand this in a way that brings not only self-knowledge, but also an awareness of our power. It helps us to feel powerful. And that in turn, really, to be aware of one's own power, to have that sense of self-knowledge makes us unstoppable. 
but in a good way. <laughs> you don't want to be a law unto yourself and an adrenaline junkie. That's the square, right? That's not what we have here. This is the trine. It is an easy integration of energy that feels like a blessing. The peace that comes from knowing where you have power and where you don't and truly being okay with it. The peace that comes from actively understanding that the search for wisdom in and of itself has its rewards. And one of the rewards by searching for meaning, especially in moments that are challenging or feelings that are challenging, that self-knowledge that we gain is a reward. As I was looking at this energy, I was also thinking about all those times in life when something happens and it seems like this is bad, this sucks, right? We've all had those moments when we've been like, oh, I don't want to deal with this. Oh, this is not good. However, in engaging life on life's terms, in addressing it, in moving through it, we end up either putting ourselves on a path or we end up connecting with certain people. We end up aligning with certain lessons. It ends up leading to truly incredible outcomes that could not have happened any other way had we not had that challenge. Now, I want to say that that's not to say there aren't things in the world and in life that are not hard or unjust or tragedies or cruelties. Absolutely there are. And we as human beings to do everything that we can to minimize that in as much of the world as we can. But whatever it is you've walked, whatever it is that's happened to you, if you're here now, it means that you have more to do in this lifetime, full stop. And if you're here now, it means that whatever was painful and challenging, you can find a way to use it so that you become more wise and more loving as well. The gift of that is what is likely to reveal itself to us in the first days at the beginning of the week. Now, as we navigate further on Tuesday, Mercury trines Uranus. Now, I have to say this is good news, light bulb moments, feeling elated. This is the freedom that comes after we've walked that path of feeling the burden of the past or of reality, some difficult sense of acknowledgement whether that's what a truth of a situation is externally or the truth of what we feel. And at the same time, we feel empowered by understanding the power we have. And then we get to Mercury trine Uranus, good news all around, breakthroughs all around. This is where the rewards come for that inner work that we do at the beginning of the week. Mercury right now is moving through the sign of Virgo, and this is where Mercury is considered exalted. So this is the sign that Mercury most loves to be in of all the zodiac. And it is here with Mercury at the height of its power that Mercury is speaking in supreme harmony with Uranus, a planet that brings surprises with this trine, this easy energy. It is delight. It is leaping into a future as a result of the information or the letter or the document or the development that happens. We feel free. We feel like we can actually be ourselves. We feel like we can speak as ourselves. And this is an awareness that comes on. 
that can also help us to feel as if we're aligning with a future that we like, that we're excited about. And so, yes, for some of us, it can be practical opportunity. Again, we've got earth signs here. So things are manifesting differently. They are changing in real ways. But also personally as well, because awareness, truth, epiphany, you know, when you change within, everything outside of you changes. It's incredible how those moments when there's inner chaos, as we move through life, as we look outside, that's more of what we see. But when something becomes clear within us, maybe when we look outside, maybe not a lot has changed on the surface, but we see it all differently. Our world has transformed because something within us transformed. And that's the promise here. This is the leap. This is cold turkey leaving behind what we no longer need and feeling grateful for it. But it's also a sense of seeing how quickly we can manifest something else. This is that good news finding us, that letter, that email finally coming through and feeling lightness and ease as a result in a way that truly brings a sense of excitement for what is yet to be. Now, on Thursday, we are going to have a gorgeous alignment. Now, this is where I feel that the sun opposite Saturn, this is where the blessings really come. Because this is Venus in the sign of Leo, trine Jupiter in Aries. Venus speaking in supreme harmony with Jupiter. This is such a contrast to the energy at the beginning of the week with the sun in the sign of Leo standing across the sky from Saturn, where that energy was very consequential, very responsible. It is this energy of Venus trying Jupiter that is light, that is free, that is open. I'm going back to Kidology that I mentioned at the beginning of this video and how Kidology found a way to sit on a live stream for three and a half hours talking about modern relationships, modern love, and how she managed to, for 25 minutes, answer a really silly question that, if you really think about it, could be insulting in so many layers, or maybe it just doesn't make any sense. And she found a way to bring validity and respect to it. But that in and of itself transformed the energy, right? Yes, it, it, she brought intellect, but it also lightened the energy as well. And I think that it comes down to love. Where someone brought an energy that was not loving... Or maybe she recognized, possibly, maybe I should ask her at some point if I ever communicate with her. Maybe she recognized that underneath the surface there was some attempt at love there. But someone said something cheeky and silly to be nice. You could describe it that way. And she answered it with love. And that in and of itself changed the whole dynamic, it changed the whole understanding. 
the happiness, the bliss, the joy that we seek. This is where we feel that we connect to it. The way in which we're able to respond to what at the beginning of the week might feel really challenging. How love can change just about anything. Another idea that I really wanted to be sure to talk to you guys about as well was Arthur C. Brooks. He's somebody that I follow online and he writes these beautiful books, I have to say, and does different podcasts and things like that. I love following him. He has a regular column in The Atlantic as well. Um, and he writes a lot about things like happiness and being at peace with yourself and forgiveness. So these are the topics that he he talks about and writes about. He's brilliant. And he um, recently did Oprah's podcast and he posted a little clip of it and I shared it in my Instagram stories. I said, do yourself a favor, watch this. And he talked about the seven, the seven habits or the seven things that all people who live really long and healthy and happy lives, what are those seven things that they all have in common? to live a long, healthy, happy life. He's talking to people in their 90s here, right? Who are still able to engage life and be active, but also have happiness within them as well. And so, of course, the first four were very oriented around, you know, how you take care of yourself. But the thing was, it was the last one that really stood out to me. And it was this idea, I think number, so the first four were health-related, like don't drink, don't smoke, stuff like that. The... um fifth one was saying something like, don't ruminate over old wounds and hurts and the things of the past that you think have wronged you. Like ruminating is one way to really kill happiness. Like that is one way to really age yourself really quickly when we ruminate on past hurts and people who did us wrong and hold grudges, right? But it was the last thing he said that really stood out to me. And that was to bring love, to have the intention of love. And to me, it was that that changed and really speaks to the whole of the seven that he was speaking of. This idea that, yes, life has its hurts. Sometimes people will not be fair with us. Sometimes people can be mean especially when we truly were powerless, like when we were children, it can happen. And yet, if we can find a way to move through the hurt, it's not about ignoring the hurt and thinking that the hurt doesn't exist and it doesn't matter. Whatever happened, happened. Now I'm just going to, you know, because then it crops up in different ways, that resentment. And that's not what we want either. You feel it. You find wisdom in it, any wisdom in it, even if it made no sense and was not fair, you move through it. And then if you truly want to be happy and you want to live a long time, <laughs> if you truly want to do your health so that you can live for a really long time, the greatest favor, what you're going to do is you're going to bring love. You're going to bring love to those hurt spaces within you. And when you greet people and you meet people, you don't have to meet anybody you don't want to meet, of course. But as you interact with the world, you do it with love. Even though we know that the world has so many things that can be so painful, to still be willing to engage the world with love 
is remarkable. And it is a remarkable and courageous feat that so many people do each and every day. As much as life can hurt, to still be willing to love, some would say it's kind of miraculous. But I think it's part of the resiliency of what it is to be human. And I think it's also that on some level, we know that's what we're here to do. We know that's what we're here to do. We're here to love to the best of our ability. And it's never going to be perfect. It's just never going to be perfect because we are not meant to be perfect. The only thing perfect is love and wisdom or nirvana or the divine or however you want to call it. That's perfect. We are messy. <laughs> we are decidedly imperfect. We are supposed to make mistakes because that's how we learn. And that's also how we learn about love and how love can be this healing balm to ourselves mostly. And it's love that really helps us, not just psychologically, but and not just on a heart level, but literally physically, it helps us to live a long time. It's not about whether or not you have romantic love in your life either. Studies have shown that. But it's about the intention you bring to your life and to the people that you encounter as you move through your life as well. Now, the very big news I have to say is of all these things I've spoken of so far, look, let me just make sure to mention Mars is going to move into the sign of Gemini. So I am now working with great intention and great love in my heart to complete uh, the Mars retrograde special horoscope. So just be on the lookout for that. So for now, I just want to say Mars at the end of the week will enter the sign of Gemini. This is a really big deal because normally Mars will spend about seven weeks per sign every two years or so. But of course, this is different. Mars is stepping into the sign of Gemini and is going to be here for about seven months. So we are going to have this energy right into March of next year. So get comfortable. At least right now and for the next two weeks, following this entry of Mars into this part of the sky and into this sign, at least for now, what we have that's pretty exciting is the precursor. So Mars is not yet in shadow. We'll go into shadow uh, right around the 4th or 5th of September, depending on where you are on the planet. And that's when the official Mars retrograde season begins. But for now, we have Mars in a new area of life. Chances are all of us are going to feel very quickly ourselves, pouring our energy in a new direction. The sign of Gemini is about ideas and mind and the exchange of ideas. And so Mars tends to bring with it a sense of adrenaline, yes, passion, um, but it can also be very provocative. It can be about deliberately wanting to provoke certain reactions through words. And so it's up to us to decide how we're going to use words and use our language. But the thing to remember here is that sometimes with this, we may not realize that we may be communicating in a way that's being interpreted as confrontational or aggressive when that isn't even our intention. And so that may be something that we want to keep in mind. Um, it's also possible that we are interpreting others' communication towards us 
as aggressive or confrontational when that may not actually be the case. Because Mars has to do with our survival instinct, it has to do with the emotions we got used to feeling before we could even speak. And so sometimes it can be that we're in a current situation and it's evoking certain emotions or memories from way back from our childhood, but it's not actually connected to that. It actually doesn't have anything to do with that. And so if we're able to find that sense of healthy detachment, which I think the sign of Gemini can actually help us with, then we end up using this energy to our advantage. The power of owning your voice in the world, the power of understanding that there's something that you uniquely have to express in this lifetime is the gift of Mars and Gemini. And that may be part of an exploration that more and more of us are willing to engage at this time. So again, I'll have a lot more to say about Mars and Gemini in the weeks ahead. So please be on the lookout for that. What I love about this week for us, wow, so much going on in the sky, right? Without a doubt. What I'll say is with so much focus on heart, with the sun opposite Saturn in the beginning of the week and the sun in the sign of Leo, and then we have Venus in the sign of Leo, the sign of heart trying Jupiter, magnifying the power of our heart. I think a lot of us are going to be looking at what we want in our heart of hearts. We're going to be looking at what love means to us. The fun, the ease, the joy that love and enjoying life and pleasure and happiness can bring, but also that sometimes happiness is work. Sometimes love can be fierce. It asks us to get really honest with ourselves, even if it's hard. But that can also be when love is especially rewarding. And where it is that that love that we earn is directed towards a true sense of acceptance for ourselves. That is a different thing. That is that much more rewarding. Now, when I say love yourself, of course, I want to make the distinction. We can get into a space of being in our own minds and our own world. And that ultimately makes our world smaller when we give ourselves too much importance, when we take ourselves way too seriously. That is ego. And there's a reason why the Buddha and these ancient spiritual teachers talked about the importance of freeing ourselves from the false self, the false ego. But the healthy ego values itself, knows that you are worthy of your own acceptance. You are worthy of your own love. That is not about the unhealthy ego. That is about acceptance. For exactly where you are in your life right now, knowing that it has its perfection and knowing that it's part of your unique journey towards greater love and greater wisdom. And that includes love for you as you are now. Well, thank you so much for watching. What do you love about this week? Let me know in the comments below. I love reading you guys and to prove it to you, here are some of my most recent favorite comments. Thank you to everybody who likes, who comments, who subscribes, who shares, who thumbs up. All of it means so much. I thank you. Thank you for the love that you bring. 
And of course, if you want to know how all this wonderful stuff this week speaks to you and your sign, log on to NadiaShawSuperstars.com where you get expanded exclusive video scopes each and every week for each and every sign for as low as just $3 a month with choose membership rate. Now, higher tiers get you things like all access passes to Synchronicity University events, consultations with me, and so much more. All of this in the superstar space. I look forward to meeting you there at NadiaShawSuperstars.com. Link is in the description below. Synchronicity University has some truly incredible programs coming up this September. And right now they are choose your tuition rate for a very limited time. As we start this week, there's only about two weeks left to choose your tuition rate. As long as just $5 a class with our world famous choose your tuition rate. Well, look, I'm so proud of the incredible programs we have coming up. The truly brilliant speakers as well. I am going to start with my friend Ursula Stockter. Ursula is a Jungian analyst celebrated in Mexico, and she's taught all over the world. She's also very prolific in astrology and tarot. She's read my astrology chart. It was very on, I'll tell you. This was a few years ago. <laughs> and here we are, and I'm so excited that she's coming back to Synchronicity University, and she's going to be teaching on the tarot from a Jungian perspective astrology and tarot and understanding the tarot as a conversation with your unconscious, which is what Carl Jung and the studies that he did around the tarot also asserted. So she has such a wealth of knowledge. I'll tell you, she is so in depth. She teaches from heart, but she's also really able to help you to fortify a personal connection to your tarot deck. And so she's going to be looking at different paintings. There's going to be an exploration of colors, of numbers. And then she's going to go through each of the tarot cards as well, helping you to understand the elements, the court cards, the major arcana, and so much more. This is a truly unique opportunity. Ursula never teaches at this rate, as low as just $5 a class. And it's a five-part course. So this is a very rare opportunity to learn from someone so brilliant, so intuitive, um, and just someone who brings such expertise to helping you to understand your relationship to the tarot. I really hope that you will join this. I think that this is a course not to miss. So you can go to synchronicityuniversity.com. You can learn a lot more so you can see exactly what each class entails and you can sign up there right now. Remember, for a very limited time, there are days left to choose your tuition rate as low as just $5 a class at synchronicityuniversity.com. Synchronicity University presents an incredible speaker series coming up this September 2022. And right now, for a very limited time, it is choose your tuition rate as low as just $5 a class, an unheard of rate to learn from this caliber of astrologer. I love that I'm able to make my classes so accessible, and I love that I'm able to bring forward and bring together all these incredible astrologers. So let me introduce you to them. A lot of them you've seen before at Synchronicity University. They are that uh, that popular. They were that loved that they are now back. And Colin Bedell certainly is one of them. He is a superstar on social media. He does queer cosmos. And he's really into understanding relationships and relating to others. And he looks at the signs as polarities. And he is really going to help us to understand Mars and Venus and love differently as well. So this is definitely a class not to miss. He comes with such a wealth of knowledge and insight 
that I think you will love. My friend, Nicole Garceau, is coming back to Synchronicity University as well. Now, she is going to teach a very specific technique, a degree technique. And so she's going to go through each of the 30 degrees, the numbers. So it isn't about going through 360 degrees through all of the zodiac. It's more about understanding what zero degree of any sign correlates to, what one degree of any sign correlates to. So she's going to take you from zero to 29 so that you can add this greater depth of understanding to all of the planets and placements in your chart. The ways in which you may illuminate and see them differently, I think is really mind expanding. And I think you will love. My friend Helene is coming to Synchronicity University of Heart House Astrology. And she's going to be teaching on Uranus in the astrology chart. And She's the perfect person to teach this because Uranus can be so hyper intellectual and her astrology is called heart house astrology because she brings so much heart to her astrology. And so I'm really excited that she is coming back to teach at Synchronicity University. Quan Tracy Cherry is back as well. Now, you know, he practiced law for a really long time. He's got that whole intellectual side. He is so brilliant. He is so charismatic. I loved talking to him at Synchronicity Web TV. And so he's going to be looking at the raw material, like really helping you to understand what's at the core of these different signs and just how meaningful and profound it can be. And finally, my friend, Yuridia Robles. Now, you know that I co-wrote a book with her called Mayan Astrology, also available in Spanish, Astrología Maya. And that was so great. She's one of these world-renowned experts in Mayan astrology. But you may not know, she's also taught very extensively on the part of fortune as well. And I had this incredible conversation with her that'll be posted right around now or very soon um, that talks about the part of fortune. And it really is such an insightful conversation. But she's going to be teaching about helping you to understand and see that part of fortune so differently than you have before. So this is a class not to miss as well. So remember, the September 2022 speaker series is Choose Your Tuition Rate for a very limited time. Moving forward from here, we literally have days. We'll look as we start the week. We've got about two weeks left or so of Choose Your Tuition Rate to learn from these incredible astrologers as part of the September 2022 speaker series. Link is in the description below. And Synchronicity University presents the one and only Achuta Bhava Das YouTube phenomenon, Achuta Bhava Das. I absolutely love his astrology. He brings so much love to his astrology. And we are so fortunate to have him come to Synchronicity University for a very limited time. It is choose your tuition rate as low as just $5 a class, an unheard of rate to learn from the likes of Achuta Bhava Das. And he's going to be teaching on the mystical roots of ancient astrology. He's going to take you through signs, through houses, through planets, and really help you to see your chart so differently from a mystical perspective. He's the perfect person to teach this because, as I said, he brings a lot of love, but it's a, a mystical love oriented in, towards a genuine love for the divine and uh, having this understanding that is also very intellectual. Uh, what I mean by that is he knows his stuff. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. It's not just that he's relying on inspiration. When we hear mystical, we think, you know, about channeling and things like that. Yes, of course, you can see that this is a person who is teaching from a place of deep connection to source. 
but he is also someone who has done the work, who has learned his stuff and has a wealth of knowledge and so much to teach. He's a perfect person to be teaching mystical roots of traditional astrology, of ancient astrology. This will help you see your chart completely differently as you understand the mystical implications of the different signs, planets, houses, and so much more. And so for a very limited time, it is Choose Your Attrition Rate. As always, just $5 a class. Link is in the description below. I look forward to meeting you in class. And finally, remember, I am coming to Denver. I am so excited to connect with friends and fans in Denver. I think it'll be such a lovely moment uh, to be able to meet friends and fans out there. And yes, Denver, Colorado, what a party it will be. <laughs> and I will be gathering with like a hundred different speakers. So it's going to be really a very special event, the ESAR conference. And you can learn more at ESAR2022.org. And I am teaching online at ESARastrology.org as well. And I will be teaching a workshop on Lilith in the astrology chart. Black Moon Lilith is what we're going to be looking at. And links to both are in the description below. And thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for this moment with you. I'm sure some of you noticed my hair. I hope you like it. It's just something different I decided to try. I thought it would be fun. I was going to a party and I decided to try some hair. Maybe I should do it like Lady Gaga. Maybe next time I'll come with like pink hair or something. I always wanted to do that. I kid you not, since the very beginning of starting my channel, I wanted to do that. And I let someone talk me out of it. And I have always resented that person for that moment. <laughs> Not like I'm ruminating in it. Don't get me wrong. I made my own choices. But it's never too late to start, right? Why not? I could do that. I could get pink extensions. I could get extensions in all kinds of colors. Nothing wrong with that. It's just hair, as I like to say. And in this case, it really is just hair. So I'm looking forward to having fun. Well, this was nice sharing it with you. Let's see what happens next. Uranus is so active right now. Uranus is stationing on my south node. Let's see where it takes me, right? That's the thing with these outer planet transits. You really don't have any control. If you really think about it, when you have an outer planet transit, the whole point of an outer planet transit is to say, you don't have any control. Just when you think you know what's going to happen, it's like the universe has a plan of its own. But what we do know is that it ends up being better on the other side than anything we could have planned for ourselves. So I hope that you see it. I hope that you feel it as well. If you're going through an outer planet transit, especially as we start the week, we've got that really intense energy of the sun opposite Saturn. So take very good care of you as you grow through this process. And thank you again for watching. It'll be a great week. Enjoy.